one was convicted of these crimes, and the identity of the killer was never confirmed. The sister of one of the victims actively sought the killer over the decades. She appeared on talk shows and interviews, begging anyone with information to come forward. On the Sally Jesse Raphael show, the woman claimed she was stalked by the killer for three years. New York, 1989-1993 to the copycat Zodiac Killer. In 1989, New York police received letters similar to the San Francisco Zodiac. This is the Zodiac speaking, and the telltale cipher symbols were included. The letters warned of twelve killings, claiming one already occurred. Between 1990 and 1993, eight people were attacked, three of whom died. The killer shot most of his victims and stabbed one over a hundred times. In 1998, 31-year-old Herberta Seda was convicted of the attacks. Sentenced to 232 years for all counts, he is eligible for parole in 2081. He would be 114 years old if he lives that long. His motives? They were evil. They needed to die. He admired the original Zodiac. This is a work of fiction. However, it is important to remember the past and prevent these things from happening again. The pain inflicted by these maniacs is enormous, and the continued lack of justice is not only heartbreaking, but terrifying. Killers walk among us. They live next door. Chapter 1, Philadelphia, 2000 He lay dying amidst the sirens, the screams of horror, and the chaotic sounds. Excruciating pain radiated through every limb, then nothing, not even numbness. It made him wonder if he even had limbs anymore. What the hell happened? Jake carried his three-year-old daughter Jennifer from the playground to the car. Her tired legs hung from his arms as her head nestled his chest. As Jake opened the car door and clipped the child into the car seat, his eyes drank in her innocence. He marveled that God had blessed him with such a perfect wife who had given him this remarkable child. He smiled as the girl tugged on her stuffed animal and rubbed her eyes, which demonstrated her need to sleep. Daddy, juice! she said as she kicked her feet. We'll be home in a few minutes, Jennifer, he said. But he had no intention of taking her home. His wife, Monica, was suffering from the flu, and he wanted to give her as much relaxation time as possible. He planned to drive for an hour before heading home, not realizing the drastic events that would soon occur. The car lurched out of the parking lot and turned onto the main road, while music played on the radio. He whispered the words and tapped his fingers on the steering wheel and dash. He drove the streets aimlessly as Jennifer quieted and fell asleep, her breathing deepening to prove it. After twenty minutes, Jennifer woke. Daddy, I want Rainy. Before making the next turn, he looked both ways, turned the steering wheel and replied, Rainy's on video at home. We can watch her when we get there. 
No, now! I want Rainy now! He gripped the steering wheel tighter as he glanced in the rearview mirror to look at his daughter. Jennifer yanked on her car seat strap, trying to get out as she kicked. Now! Rainy, now! Jake's hand searched behind him in the back seat to confirm the belt was secure around the child. It was a huge mistake to take his eyes off the road, and he wouldn't live to regret it. Brakes screeched, but it was too late. Pain shot through his body as shards of glass buried themselves into his skin. The coppery taste of blood filled his mouth, and daggers of crunching metals pierced his ears. A curtain of darkness loomed over him as sirens wailed in the distance. Jennifer, baby, he struggled. Buddy, stay still. I'm here to help. We need to cut you out of the vehicle. The voice chiseled through.